welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. My name is Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll. I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Ben Weber. Ben, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning, well. man. Your first podcast. You ready? You That's excited? It. I am fired up. This is a new experience for me. Yeah, man. It's exciting. Um, so I think it's important for us to say from the beginning that this podcast literally exists because we're in a pandemic, because of the coronavirus, and so many things are changing on the college campus. If you're involved with Campus Outreach, you know that we like to come to campus and have different events and meetings where we teach the Bible. But since we can't do a lot of that stuff in a normal way this semester— uh, we created this podcast where we want to get some of these trainings, some of these teachings to you uh, digitally. So uh, That's right. That's right. This is brand new. I'm yeah, always man. teaching the Bible on campus, but usually it's in a fraternity house, a locker room, a dorm, or a dusty, dry lecture hall. So now it's just you and me, T-Roll, staring at a mic, but this will be good. <laughs> yeah, man. Nice little intimate setup here with these uh, microphones and these mic stands. Uh, it's really exciting. So here's what we're going to do. Today's the first podcast. Thank you again for listening. And what we're going to do is we're going to start with, I think this is a good place to start, Ben, the Bible. All right? There you go. So and I can see it right now. College <laughs> students all over the Southeast, their eyes are rolling. They know the Bible is good. They know it's important. And yep. they're thinking to themselves, why do I need to hear a podcast on the importance of God's Word? That's right. But today we're going to really talk about what makes the Bible the best way to start your day. Right? Why is the Bible the best thing to go to in the morning? Get your day started with it. We're going to start this podcast by talking about that. Um, so, Ben, you ready to jump in, man? Yeah, let's do it. You know, we're talking morning routines, and trust me, we're not going to talk at all about the right coffee, the tea you need to brew, the best meal to burn fat, you know, how long you need to meditate. How many we're, burpees you want to do before you start your day? There you go. No, no exercise on this podcast because here's the one thing I do know, uh, whether you wake up at 6 a.m. to uh, do your morning workout, whether you sleep in till 10, 11, or 12, most of us, almost all of us, the first thing we do when we wake up each and every morning, you want to guess the T-roll? We look at our phones. That's right. We check the screens. Recently, I was reading a statistic, and it said that 90% of the U.S. population, the first thing they do when they wake up is they check their phone. 90%? Immediately. That's right. That's right. So... I, I thought it would be interesting instead of just going the typical route and saying the Bible is good, the Bible is important, because we know those things. What if we had a compare and contrast where we compared the things that we search on screens, whether it be our phone or our TV, and we compare it to God's Word? And, and here's what I'm going to use just to give a little context. I'm going to base a lot of my advice perspective on Psalm 119. Uh, Psalm 119 is actually the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 176 verses, and it is a meditation on God's Word. And so what hopefully you're going to see through the course of this podcast is that a lot of the things that I tend to check, scroll, read, and watch each and every morning, they may be good, but the Bible is best. I love it. I love it. All right, well, let's get into these, uh, these, this compare and contrast. we got five things here. The first one is news, okay? So there aren't a lot of college students who start their day by turning on local news on the TV, but they might grab their phone, get on Twitter, check the news. Um, how does the Bible compare? Why, why is the Bible better in the morning than checking the news right away? Sure, and, and, and this applies regardless of your political affiliation. You might be a CNN guy. You might love Fox News. A lot of us, we get our news from social media. We go straight to Twitter. For sure. You might be old school and you still break out you know, the, the newspaper. 
I, I know one thing that I've been checking, which is newsworthy, is that curve from the CDC each and every day, just seeing the rise, the fall of what's going on with COVID. So regardless of that, I think the reason why so often we start our day with news is because we want to know the truth. What, what, what are the facts? Give me the information. I need to know what's going on in my city, my region, the nation, or even the world. It, it's this desire to know, to understand how the world works. And so once again, I'm, I'm building a lot of my argument from Psalm 119, but Psalm 119 describes the Bible or God's word as the law of the Lord, okay? So just think about this way, the Bible is the law, meaning it's normative, it's the standard. This isn't optional, this isn't opinion, this isn't suggestion, this is something that is binding mm. on each and every one of us. Yeah. In verse 2, God's word is actually described as a testimony or a statute in some versions, and so what does that tell us about God's Word? That it's eternal, that it's always relevant, and it applies to every time, every place, every generation. So for my college students that are listening, God's Word is always relevant. It never goes out of style. So it's unlike that sweater you bought last year, that jacket you brought last spring, that brand new pair of shoes you got over this summer. It's always fresh. It's always in style. It's, it's unlike your iPhone. As high-tech as your iPhone is, it seems like just every couple months we need what? A brand new update. But God's Word, it is statutes, right? That's where we get the word statue. And statutes, they're made of granite. They're made of stone. It's something that is permanent, unchanging. God's Word, right, is the ultimate source of truth. Amen. Good word, man. Good word. Okay, so we talked about news, but how about this one? There's a lot of people. The first thing they do when they wake up, they grab their phone again, but in, it's not that they're looking for news, man, but they open up Snapchat, text messages, just communication in general, right, with their friends and stuff like that. For sure. And I think that's where a lot of us go. We, we check the DMs, who's sliding, we check the text messages. We want to know, right, did my teammate, did my friend, did my boyfriend, did my girlfriend, did they send me a message while I was asleep? And verse 3 of Psalm 119 says that this is God's ways, okay? And this word way, it, it actually means like a path, like a settled path, something that you're walking over and over and over again in the same direction. In other words, when God's word describes Scripture as his ways, it's saying this is how God acts. This is his heart. These are his attributes. This is his very own nature. Later on in this exact same uh, chapter, um, God's word actually describes, himself, describes itself as God's very own promises. Hmm. I, I think very often when we approach God's word, we think it's about our promises to God. So here's the vow I'm going to make to God. Here's my obedience I'm going to give to God because I love him. But God's word actually says it's the exact opposite. This is about right. God's promise to us. It's a guarantee of his love to his followers, to his children. This is how God actually promises himself, reveals himself to us. So God's word is the primary way that I can communicate, grow in my relationship, develop greater intimacy and communion in my relationship with him. It's a good word. It's a good word. Okay, so, you know, a lot of college students, maybe not uh, at the school that we're at, but will actually start their day by doing some homework, right? Grabbing the textbook, getting some work done. How about that one? No doubt. So... The, the, these are our private school kids. They which, got the scholarships. Which we love. That's right. They're dedicated. They're going to med school. They're going to law school. They got to maintain. It's impressive stuff, man. That 4.0 GPA. So they are waking up early and they're cracking that textbook because they are getting after it. 
And, and, and I think a lot of us, we, we desire instruction. You know, whether it could be something basic, just how do we live? Uh, I think so often I was actually fixing a toilet last night in my house. My daughter decided that she was going to flush a uh, bottle of bubbles down our toilet and it didn't work out very well. So the oh, first gosh. thing I did, I'm no expert plumber, but I went straight to Google because I needed advice. How do I fix a toilet? And so it doesn't matter who you are. We're always searching on Google for instructions. We're opening our textbooks for instruction. And once again, in God's word, Psalm 119 verse four says this, God's word is a precept. It's a precept and a precept is expert advice. So this means God's word is like the wisdom of a shepherd. Uh, it, it's the advice of a counselor. It's the prescription of a physician. The word precept is actually where we get the word prescription. Hmm. In other words, God's word is like medicine for our sinful condition. It on. brings healing right, to our souls and to our lives. So the point I'm trying to make is this is very often we go on the internet, all right, we're searching Google and we need to spend more time searching God's word. Okay. If we want to learn how to live in his universe. That's nice, man. That's good. Okay. So how about the number four here, this idea, uh, it's really, man, it's really popular right now in our society. Just this idea, this desire for justice, right? So guys, people will wake up in the morning, man, they'll get on social media and they're just going to, uh, totally fill their minds with everything going on. Um, just in the, in the, in the seeking of justice in our, in social justice in in our world today. Yeah. This, this one is definitely the most unique to our current cultural moment. You know, with the complexity of COVID-19 and how this even pandemic has been politicized with an election right. upcoming, and then just with the social unrest, you know, mm-hmm. we've got injustice, we've got racial tension. And so often we're looking for truth. We're looking for answers. I mean, it is a complex issue. And if I'm going to be honest, most of us, when we're trying to find a source of truth, instruction for how we should think, how we should vote, how we should talk. Very often, the first place we turn is social media. For sure. To see what other people are posting, what other people are linking, directing us to certain articles. And I would just remind us of this. Once again, in Psalm 119.7, we see that God's word is revealed as his righteous rules. Hmm. So this means that, someone, that, that God's word is our standard of justice. And you can search scripture and you will never find one chapter, one verse that mentions anything okay, that is unfair. Because what God is revealing in his word is what he loves and also what he hates. And one of the things that's really interesting, I, I, I've been doing some reading of, from you know, uh, different authors, different writers, cultural commentators, uh, in a variety of blogs and newspaper articles. And what a lot of authors and professors are mentioning is, is this new trend called social media activism. You might not have ever heard that phrase, but I guarantee you've seen it. You've probably participated in it. And there, there's one author, Andy Crouch, he says this. He defines social media activism as friction-free experiences of activism, expressing enthusiasm, solidarity, or outrage for your chosen cause with just the click of a few buttons. And so here's how this usually plays out. We see something in the news. We're not sure how to respond. So what do we do? We copy something, we paste it, we take a screenshot, we might retweet it. Yeah, share it. And then we clap our hands and we say, I've done my part, yeah. right? I've yeah. done my job. I have participated, right, in social justice. And no doubt, I mean, there are a lot of benefits, there are a lot of good when it comes to social media, uh, particularly when it comes to publicity, to networking, to advertising. 
I, I think about the visibility it's brought to particular injustice, um, especially in the southeast in Georgia where we live, uh, exposing uh, inequality. But, but there are also limits to social media. And, and, and one of the reasons why we also have to critique it and we have to recognize its limitations is we have to go back to the 60s. And we've got to think about the, so, the, the, the original civil rights movement that was led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And so when we think about people who actually participated in the original movement, uh, it cost them something, right? They had to march. They had to protest. They had to leave their house. They had to get dressed. They had to make a sign. They had to participate in a sit-in. And one of the things I want to note is that God's word was absolutely central okay, to the civil rights movement. Right. Because the leaders were made up of pastors, ordained ministers, and very often, right, the NAACP uh, and other similar organizations, they actually hosted their, their meetings in churches. Okay? These were men, these were followers who literally applied Psalm 11911 that said, I'm going to store up God's word in my heart so I will not sin against you. Let, let me give you a couple of just famous examples of how God's word literally directed the civil rights movement of All the right. 60s. Go for it. Okay? So you think about the I Have a Dream speech, right? Perhaps the most famous speech of the civil rights movement. You know this, that at 3 a.m. the night before the speech in the March on Washington, Dr. King was actually scribbling notes on, at his desk in his kitchen. Okay? And you can actually watch this on YouTube. I'd encourage you to do it. Just search the I Have a Dream speech. And before Dr. King actually steps on stage to deliver this speech, you can see him once again. He's scribbling. He, he, he's underlining certain phrases. He's crossing things out. And he's actually adding to his outline. And about 11 minutes into the speech, he actually goes off script. Hmm. And this is where he really starts rolling. And this is the most, the most iconic moments of this speech Everything is just off the cuff. And you know what Dr. King starts quoting? He starts quoting Scripture. He says things like this, let justice roll down. Do you know that's a direct quotation from the Minor Prophets, the book of Amos? Okay? Now that's like flyover country in the Bible. These are usually the books, the chapters, the sections that we just pass over because there's a lot of really complicated names. But these are the books of the Bible that really formed Dr. King and gave him the rhetoric for the civil rights movement. Okay, You think about letters from a Birmingham jail. I spent four years in college in Birmingham. I've read letters from a Birmingham jail several times. And, and, and if you remember the historical context, uh, Dr. King is locked up. And as the title would suggest, he's placed in a jail in Birmingham. And he pins a letter responding okay, to, to clergy member in the city of Birmingham. And once again, he doesn't have his phone. He doesn't have the Internet. All he has is scraps of newspaper and toilet paper in a pen. And he sits down and he writes this masterful response. Did you know this? Within this speech or in this writing, there are 127 individual citations straight from the Word of God. And so the point I'm trying to make is this, is that once again, Dr. King, when he's composing his speeches, when he's writing his letters, it is chock full of Scripture. In fact, if you're going to actual, if you're going to join Dr. King and be one of his followers, uh, you actually had to sign off on Ten Commandments. And Commandment Number One was this: is that each and every day, daily, you would commit to meditate on the words and life of Jesus Christ. 
So the point I'm trying to make is this. Once again, we live in a culture that says, look, if you really want to be about social justice, we need to remove God's word. We need to distance ourselves from Jesus. But if we go back to Dr. King, the, the civil rights leaders, Fred Abernathy, Rosa Parks, these are all men and women who are shaped by the word of God. So if we want to promote justice on our campus and our nation, we don't need less Jesus. We need more Jesus. Uh, we don't need more social media. We need more scripture. We need to spend more time diving into the inerrant word of God than scrolling through Instagram. Because God's word is going to inform us okay, of God's justice, and it will compel us to act. Amen. Amen. So we need more of it. That's, that's good, Ben. Okay. Well, hey, we got one more. That's right. I know I was preaching right there just That's okay. For a yeah, hey, it's a fine, man. I, let you, I was letting you go. I was letting you roll. Uh, one last thing that people oftentimes will run to first thing in the morning before they do anything else. We talked about news. We talked about justice, communication. How about entertainment, man? That's it. Let's just be honest. You know, most of us, we want a good story, something that motivates us, makes us laugh, inspires us, or just plain that's entertains right. us. So you might be someone who just likes to watch YouTube videos, a little sports center, a friend's rerun on Netflix, you know, or you get, you get your favorite YouTube channel. There, there, there's a lot of varieties. There's a lot of things that we like to watch. We like to read. We like to meditate on each and every morning. And the last one, this is the most basic one, but Psalm 119 verse 9 says that this is God's word. And very often this is what we call the Bible, right? We call it God's word and we do it for a reason because this is inspired truth. Okay? It's not human. Each and every time I open scripture, I am experiencing, encountering the very God of the universe. And, and so that's the last thing. This might be the most basic point, but it's a profound point. We don't want to look past it because every other book, every other blog, every other social media post that we read, it's human, right? The author is human. But the Bible is not just a book of principles. It's not just a book of rules. It's a story. And, and really the theme of this story is that God loves us. And, and what we're not trying to promote is that you should only read the Bible, that you need to burn your textbooks, that you need to delete social media. That's right. not what we're saying. But we're saying the Bible is best. That, that these sources, these websites, these newspapers, these blogs, they are good. But the Bible is the ultimate source of truth. Because only the Bible guarantees that we can know God in a personal way. Only the Bible is 100% true and totally incapable of error. And only Scripture is sufficient. Right? It's all we need for salvation, for satisfaction, and for growth in the personal life, in, in our spiritual life. So once again, for we've sure. said it a few times, but that is why the Bible is best. Best way to start your day and is the foundation for life. There you go. Bible. The Bible is best. Okay, so, so Ben, now we know that, uh, wh- like why we should read the Bible, why we should do it first thing in the morning, why we should start our day that way, but how? That's right. Well, we've got to leave him with a cliffhanger, right? Oh, because okay. this is not a one-time we podcast <laughs> where you're trying to build out a series here. That's right. So hopefully, as, we, as we've had this discussion this morning about what the Bible is best, the next question we've got to answer is, well, how do I read it? And, and how do I make the most of it? And how does it actually lead to life change each and every day? So you've got to hang on. You've got to check back next week. Come on back. That's right. So here's what we want you to do. You want to check back with us next week. Subscribe to our podcast. i got to be honest. I listen to a few podcasts. The only podcasts I listen to are the ones I subscribe to. So we want you to come back next week. Join us 
as we're talking not about why the Bible is important, but how it can lead to real life change. That's right. So come on back next week uh, and we will be here for you. Thank you so much, Ben, for joining me. And thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys next week. Yeah.